It all began a few years back when three men entered the grounds of a rum producer in a small town in Venezuela. They assaulted the guard and stole his weapon. But the company's president dropped the charges, offered them jobs, and extended the same opportunity to others with criminal records. We gave up our weapons and began our new life. We're an example to our community and to our families. He also created a rugby league on its premises so gang members in prison can train, play, and learn about teamwork and respect. Today on the America's Now podcast, we talk about how a visionary approach helped dismantle a criminal gang storming a small town in Venezuela. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking with Venezuela-based correspondent Stephen Gibbs about this inspiring story that involves redemption and rugby. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Well, first, give us a little bit of background here. Talk to us about La Sabaneta, the rum industry, and crime rates when this all began. This all began in the Santa Teresa Hacienda. Uh, Santa Teresa is the oldest rum distiller in Venezuela, and it's the place it makes its rum is this beautiful valley about an hour and a half outside Caracas. Um, and the family that owns this company has, has been there for two centuries. Now, what's happened in the last sort of 40 years is the town just on the outskirts of the of this big estate where they make the rum called La Sabaneta began to have a real criminal problem. Um, and just a, just under 20 years ago, that knocked on the door of the hacienda because, as you mentioned in your introduction, uh, one of the guards at that, at the rum distillery, was abducted, his weapon was stolen, something that's sort of quite, happens quite regularly in parts of Venezuela. But what was not normal was the reaction of the owners uh, of the company. They thought, right, rather than just sort of criminalize or, or treat these people who are criminals uh, sort of in the conventional way, lock them up, uh, tell the police, lock them up for, for potentially years, uh, he's going to do something different. And this is Alberto Volner, uh, who was, is the fifth generation owner of this uh, rum company. And as you say, what he did was he offered uh, the three people that had abducted that guard jobs in his company. Uh, and he also introduced them to the game of rugby. Venezuela is not a rugby playing nation by any means. But that was quite clever because it was a sort of level playing field, literally, uh, where no one knew anything about this game. And it's a way of sort of teaching people some of the values that, that rugby encompasses, including uh, sort of fair play, um, getting up if you're being tackled, etc., etc. So a very unusual approach to a criminal problem, but one which expanded massively uh, in, the, in the years after that initial incident in 2003. And Stephen, if you can elaborate on the positive chain reaction that followed after that, um, it really, I mean, it caught yeah. on, it grew. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the sort of extraordinary thing. So you start with just um, a few people, uh, three people literally, uh, who get jobs, get offered jobs in the company. And then they say, well, actually, some of our friends would quite like to work here too. Um, Friends who are members of gangs within this neighboring town. And the company went, okay, uh, we can do that. Um, And so more people got got offered work. And then uh, rival gang said, well, we don't want just the gang, one gang member being part of this project and getting employment. Uh, We want to take part two. So you suddenly had rival gang members potentially working alongside each other within this rum company. And that was another reason where the sort of rugby came into into play because uh, the company said, right, you, you guys are sort of sworn enemies. Why don't you solve your problems on the rugby field? Uh, so alongside the employment offer, this rugby tournament like, began and that expanded uh, beyond just the people who were working in the, in the rum factory uh, to... Uh, all over the country and within prisons, they set up rung, uh, rugby teams uh, that started competing against each other. And at least twice a year, there's a tournament on the playing fields of this rum company um, where various prisoners are uh, allowed out for the day uh, and play rugby. And I have to say, uh, I'm from England, which is a rugby playing nation. And I know a little bit about rugby, and the quality is exceptionally high uh, of a lot of these players. They haven't, haven't been playing the game for a particularly long time, uh, but they've got really good because, and I asked one of them who was at the tournament, one of the prisoners, and he said, well, the simple answer is, it's pretty much all we do in prison is practice. Uh, and practice makes perfect. So you have this um, uh, sort of lots of things going on at the same time, but sort of developing this, uh, passion for rugby within the prison system of Venezuela, uh, offering employment to uh, people that would, would normally never really consider a sort of conventional job in a way or be offered one. Um, and it's all all proved a great success. And, and there are, uh, you know, a lot of people involved. And of course, it's been very good marketing for the company too, uh, which features these sort of rugby images in some of its campaigns to sell rum all over the world. Um, so yeah, a, a, a success story in Venezuela, which of course uh, those those of us that have been following Venezuela for a bit, there haven't been a, so many of those. So it's been a, a relief to cover this story and a great pleasure to do so. And Stephen, you said yourself that uh, rugby is not a sport well known in Venezuela. It's uh, so I, I guess I want to ask why rugby and not something mm. like football that everybody in the country, everyone in that region knows a lot about, or or even a different sport, like baseball. Why rugby? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And the answer really is connected with the owner of this, uh, the Hacienda, the, run, the Santa Teresa Run Company, uh, Alberto Volmer, uh, from German descent, actually, but uh, a Venezuelan, uh, and his brother, both um, studied in France and became passionate about rugby themselves. So the moment they saw potential team members, even if they were criminals invading their own property, they thought, 
rugby's going to going to solve this problem. So it's a very very di- di- directly linked with the sort of passion for rugby of uh, the owners of the rugby company. And then actually, Alberto Volmer explained this to me is uh, a little sort of swing advantage or unexpected advantage of this uh, was the fact that you have uh, no one knew the, the rules of rugby. No one quite knew how to play rugby. So there was no sort of champions coming in who dominate the whole thing. Everyone was starting from the same level. Um, and just in the last few years, they've also introduced the game to female players. Uh, so some of the women's prisons in Venezuela uh, have taken part in the project. And so in this, in the latest championships, you saw uh, women teams competing against each other too. Well, let's take a listen to Alberto Vollmer, the president of the Santa Teresa Rum Company here. Basically, we use rugby as a platform to teach five values. We focus on respect, discipline, uh, team, teamwork, humility, and uh, sportsmanship, uh, which are five values that many times in Venezuela we forget, uh, we overlook. And the thing, what we say is that if you can live your life with those five values, basically, you'll almost surely be successful. Not only, Stephen, is he trying to get people to buy into the sport that they didn't really know much about, on all sides, there has to be a lot of trust involved. Yes, I mean, yeah, really, a really complicated thing to pull off. Um, uh, and, you know, all credit, really, to Alberto Bormer for, for pushing on with this. It's the sort of thing that, you know, some companies could do a little project, say, hey, we're going to get a few people to play rugby and and that's it. But but the scale they've done it on, they're, they're doing it, is, is, is pretty amazing. I think it's 1% or 2% of the company's profits go into this scheme. And as Alberto Romeo mentioned there, you know, uh, pretty near uh, where his rum company is, is is a notorious Venezuelan prison that, you know, very few people dare go into. Um, and they said, look, you know, if we're going to find the source of, of the criminal problem around us, you don't just go into the town, you actually have to go into the nearest prison. That's because... Uh, in Venezuela, like in many other places in Latin America, a lot of these criminal networks are actually run from inside the prisons. So they they went in there and sort of came up with their suggestion of how they thought uh, a sort of peace could be made between this private company and this uh, criminal network, which was really uh, all around it. And 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 that's and this is how they did it. So they offer work to some of the people, uh, but also an opportunity to take part in this big rugby uh, tournament and get out of prison for a few days uh, and, you know, uh, learn a new sport along the way. But I see that I should quickly say, quite a few of the prisoners I spoke to, um, I said, well, what are you going to do when you get out of prison? And a lot of them said, well, you know, I might leave the country, but I might go and try and be a rugby coach somewhere else. So uh, possible employment via that, uh, via the ski. Right. I mean, is this sustainable? I mean, where does it go once, uh, once they move forward? Uh, Volmer was a man who had this bold idea and went against the instincts of most business people and even the authorities, which is, as you mentioned, providing opportunities and believing in social rehabilitation. He's inviting them. He's essentially inviting them into his his world, his business. Um, so tell us a little bit more, a little bit more about Project Alcatraz. 
Yes, well, it, it's um, it's as I say, it's it's a sort of multi-tiered thing. Um, one one side of it is this rugby tournament, but also what they're doing is uh, they um, cons- they offer work either inside the factory to a, to a few people. Not a, obviously it's not a huge amount of employment they can offer, um, but they've also there was a um, within the town just outside the hacienda. Uh, there was where a gang headquarters once was, and they negotiated with the gang. Said, "Okay, you're not going to be criminals anymore. And actually, what we're going to do now is we're going to set this. We're going to change the function of this house where you used to kidnap people, um, keep them, and uh, all sorts of other things. Keep weapons. We're going to make this house a sort of rum distribution center, uh, and you're going to help us. You know, organize." trucks to take the rum all over Venezuela, etc. So that was, a, um, a again, a sort of bold move, um, particularly because you have this problem with, with the gang situation that you, you can be very friendly to one gang, but where will the other gang then sort of attack, uh, for example, that rum distribution center? But they quite successfully managed to sort of build bridges between between the gangs so that they it wasn't just dominated by one and and the the president of, of the company Alberto Valdez who we've 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 mentioned he sort of he's got a there's a philosophy behind this and that is that uh you know if you sort of just treat your enemies as enemies uh then the problem will never be solved you know it will be a war that never ends so you have to you have to negotiate with them, particularly if you're you're sort of uh, surrounded and outnumbered by them, as, as as he is and was. So you know, if the gangs decide we really don't want this run factory to work, we're going to destroy everything around it. They could have done that. So it was quite an intelligent, forward-thinking plan, and uh, you know, it seems to it's certainly very successful in that area around the uh, the rum factory i was walking through that area and actually one of them one a, a guy came up to me because he thought i was part of the family because i look a little bit like um alberto Vormer actually and he came up to me and he kind of hugged me and said you know i've just come out of prison but um you know i do feel there's hope for me now you know that wasn't a constructed uh pr exercise this was genuine people who feel that their lives have potentially been changed by this rather innovative project. Wow. I mean, that's just what an experience to, to have to, to see that in, in real time. Um, Stephen, let's listen to a former gang member who explains why they decided to join Project Alcatraz. This helped us distance ourselves from the dark world we came from. I believe this has been a process of evolution. Stephen, how does the community feel about this transformation? Are they inspired? Are they still a little bit cautious that things can revert back to the way they were? And how have the authorities reacted there? And what are the chances that this could be replicated in other parts of the world? Yeah, I, th- I think to, to answer the first question, uh, it's been remarkably successful. I mean, uh, there have been uh, very few hiccups as far as we can tell. Um, 
uh, crime has dropped dramatically in the region around uh, the, the rum factory in that valley um, since they started this project. So it's sort of it's sort of become an alternative to gang life uh, in in the in the immediate vicinity. In terms of the government of, of Venezuela, yeah, I mean that's been another quite difficult but successful actually negotiation. Uh, this private company has had to do because to run uh, a run no to, to run a rugby tournament with prisoners. Of course, the prisons are all state run, so you have to uh, sort of negotiate with the state, which hasn't always had an entirely friendly relationship with private business under the current government. Uh, and say, look, you know, this kind of crazy idea, but we're going to ask you to provide heavy security if you think that's necessary to get, um, you know, dozens of prisoners out of the prison for a day to come onto this open space and play rugby against other prisoners. Uh, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Lots of lots of things could go wrong, but um, they managed to uh, persuade the authorities that this was a good idea. And at the tournament, there were, you know, there, there was the um, then vice minister for prisoners was for prisons was there. Um, other other officials from the the government's sort of prison authority, uh, and they're totally into it. They think it's a great success and uh, are sort of um, very happy to be partnered with this private company uh, to, to do this. Can you do it in other countries? Of course you can, um, and and uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of a lot of sort of um, organisation. But uh, there's no question that uh, uh, the the formula could be replicated elsewhere. And in fact, they're one of the ways they're sort of trying to spread the message is to have rugby tournaments involving their own team uh, competing in other countries in Latin America and further afield. Well, let's listen one more time to uh, Alberto Vollmer, the president of the run company. You tend to catalog people as enemies or you tend to catalog people as, a, how do you say that, um, irrecuperable. Uh, you stick them in jails, at least in Venezuela, you, you stick them in jails and that's almost like a human trash can, right? And uh, then with the work we've done in the jails or with the gangs, suddenly you realize the infinite potential of these individuals and if you just can work on the good side and develop their their good side suddenly you see this new person that doesn't mean they changed it just means they developed the good side which is the side that everybody wants to develop. Stephen you talked a lot about uh, how this has provided opportunities for a certain uh, population these gang members but we mentioned the sustainability of this. How long can this last? Is it is this a permanent part of this community now? Is it there to stay? How do you make it sustainable? I think it it can last because uh, the signs are that it has really. You know, the gangs. You're no longer recruiting directly from gangs. You're sort of um, recruiting from from uh, prisons, from other gangs, or just sort of people who have happened to have ended up in prison for whatever reason. And there's no shortage of people who who sort of you know tick that box. So uh, over demand for people to take part in this. And what uh, the big message that that came from almost everyone I spoke to, uh, which is you know goes beyond just this little project, and that is uh, if you mess up 
when you join a gang or you jo you end up doing something criminal or even not doing something criminal but ending up in prison, you know, unfairly. In a lot of parts of the world, particularly in Latin America, that's pretty much that can be it. You know, you're in serious trouble. But this shows you can be given like a second chance, you know, from this somewhat unlikely, almost aristocratic family that owns this this rum company. Um, but but a lot of, as I said, a lot of people were saying that was that was uh, why they felt sort of joyous uh, to on the rugby pitch or be given work there. That uh, you know they weren't being um, just cast onto the dustbin of humanity, but they were, you know, some of them in their forties or fifties suddenly thinking, I can, uh, I can completely change my life and this is a great opportunity uh, I'd be given to do so. Stephen Gibbs, thank you so much for sharing this amazing story with us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. The executive producer of the America's Now podcast is Jose Velasquez. Our audio editor is AJ Moore. Joe Zarenko is our copy editor. Umberto Duran is the head of the Features Unit. And I am your host, Elaine Reyes. Till next time.